Welcome back to the Power for All podcast, a forum for the latest perspectives from leaders in the fight against energy poverty. Today, we're joined by Norman Moyo, uh, and we're very excited to have Norman here. He is the group executive, uh, a group executive at Econet, a pan-African telecoms, media, and technology company, very well known uh, within the continent. Uh, and within the group, Norman is CEO of two companies, Kumi Technologies, which is focused on the Internet of Things, and Distributed Power Africa, or DPA, which is a renewable energy solutions company. Norman is also author of the book, Rumble in the Jungle, Leadership from an African Perspective. Thanks for joining us, Norman. Thank you very much. So in a recent report, uh, the numbers that were thrown out, I think by Bloomberg NEF, Bloomberg New Energy Finance, was that there were, in 2018, 39 commercial and industrial solar installations commissioned in sub-Saharan Africa, outside of South Africa. That's a very small number of commercial and industrial uh, solar installations for 50 countries. Um, so it's, it's, but it seems that the renewable energy sector is finally waking up to the opportunity for microgrids and other distributed solutions in the commercial industrial sector. Uh, Norman, you know, being that uh, you're the CEO of DPA and on the front lines of this, uh, this emerging trend, I'm curious, why is it that the, this hasn't been a more mainstream opportunity uh, up until this point, and, and why is that changing now? Thank you, William. I think the, the story of power in Africa mimics a lot of the story of telecoms infrastructure in Africa, which 20 years ago was dominated by a few fixed-line operators with probably 1% penetration, and a lot of control from the governments of the day and the regulatory environment did not really allow a, a system where the private sector would come in and play in the telecom infrastructure, which used to be your fixed-line business. We, we are faced with the same scenario in the power space today. The only unfortunate part is the power space is very crucial for the economies of the continent. Um, so a lot of the power was provided by the governments in the continent, and in most cases, you had a lot of cases of subsidy, so you actually could not really deliver the power at the correct cost. And the governments in Africa have always treated electric power or electrons as a source of political power. And that always came with its own issues of protectionism and monopoly around greed is key. We can't allow greed to be privatized because if it's privatized, we lose political votes. But I think the reality has caught up that the generation of power is very difficult and the, the sources of generation has become more and more expensive, especially if you look at grid. Nuclear is not a, a very reliable source of power in the continent and the grid infrastructure has continued to require a lot of investment that governments are struggling to keep up with the demand for power in the continent. And this is what has brought in a need for an alternative solution, which is the distributed energy space. Um, and this is where we, see what, where we see the trajectory beginning to go, where corporates, corporates across the continent are struggling to be running a generator to run a business. It's very expensive to run a generator. It's 40 cents per kilowatt hour to run a generator, while the grid is around 9 to 12 cents per kilowatt hour. But the grid is no longer available, which means the corporate is now forced to run a generator. 
and that is not sustainable and it's it's also i think climate wise carbon wise not very prudent so a lot of businesses are moving away and looking for alternative sources of energy and luckily for us in africa we have got unlimited sun which is quite in abundance and we've got a lot of real estate to be able to do that so solar fits naturally into the continent and the prices of solar have come down significantly and recently we are also beginning to see some improvement in the uh, lithium storage technologies which now allows most of these corporates small businesses and homes to basically be able to adopt off-grid solutions that work for their businesses so i think it has been a, a, a shift away from a very protected system by the government more towards a more sustainable system which is not necessarily uh, heavy in terms of pollution but also not too heavy in terms of cost because a generator is way too expensive to run as a source of power for doing business interesting so uh, you know you mentioned uh, the fact that you know uh, government is starting to to come around to this are you, I know that you know DPA is based in South Africa as are you um, but I also know that you have a, a vision for the company uh, which is being incubated within Econet that is continent-wide and so I'm curious you know as you start to expand this this microgrid business whether it's grid tied or not uh, where are you seeing the biggest opportunity for project development and in which sectors which geographies are you making the, the big bets for this new company of yours? So D DPA, Distributed Power Africa, really our major focus today is to first and foremost address the CNI industry, which is segment, which is the corporate industries. Systems between 5 kilowatt and 5 megawatt is our sweet spot. And I say 5 kilowatt because this also covers telecom towers across the continent, which are desperately needing stable source of power. So a telecom tower, a, a, data, a data switching center, and every all the way up to a five megawatt deployment, which can be a small mine, a big mine, that's our sweet spot. And everything in between, including a private school, including a clinic, including a Unilever, a Nestle, a DHL in the continent. Our key focus is three key markets at the moment, Zimbabwe, South Africa, and Kenya. And they, these are the markets that we are very quickly consolidating because there's a very unique need, either from the fact that in Zimbabwe there is now an 18-hour outage, blackout, which means the companies there, schools and clinics are running generators for 18 hours. So our solution is a much, it's a, it's a very it's a much-needed proposition to fulfill that market. South Africa has also started having challenges with the reliability of power, having to record sometimes four hours' worth of blackouts. All of a sudden, a lot of malls, a lot of shopping centers are beginning to struggle. We also have got a huge emerging market in data centers. Data centers, by nature, are power-hungry. They, they need significant power, and they need stable sources of power, including clean sources of power. Some of our customers in data centers are blue chip companies who are very fussy about the carbon effect of their sources of energy. So data centers and switching centers, every telecom in Africa has got what we call a switching center, which is a little mini data center, equally power hungry and very sensitive to the source of power and 
what we call power security. So that's the sweet spot we are looking at, corporate and industries. We are looking at that across the market and we are moving. In some cases, we cut across the continent if we find a, co co a corporate that has got an extensive footprint across the continent. So a corporate like DHL, companies like Coca-Cola, Unilever, that have got a footprint across the continent, have got a very deliberate green energy agenda. So we literally follow them across the continent. Although our main base at the moment is Zimbabwe, South Africa, and Kenya. And we are moving into other markets like Rwanda and certainly uh, Francophone Africa. We also work with a number of partners, including EDF, uh, which is uh, the French company and the big energy player. And they bring in a lot of technological support to our business. Interesting. So you're not, it's, it's more of a, the, the expansion strategy is more based on uh, the, the MNC brands that you work with, less so uh, the, the country that itself. So you're following the companies as they, they look to expand this type of energy solution to their operations. Is that right? That is correct. So it's the MNC, but also we've got geographic presence in Zimbabwe looking after Zambia, Malawi, and neighboring countries. South Africa looking after what we call the SACU, and then Kenya looking after East Africa. So that's where we've got a lot of boots on grounds. But we also follow MNCs. That's more or less, that's really where we want to start to be able to prove the case. Because what makes us unique is we don't only, we finance, we, we build the systems, we finance them, and we ask a customer to sign a 15-year power lease agreement. So we don't ask the customer to make an investment. We are saying to Nestle, your business is about selling milk and whatever you sell. You are not a power company. By accident of history, you ended up in Africa and you've become a power company. Why don't you move out of the power business so that we can deliver you a power solution that is sustainable and actually very cost effective, much better than the other sources of powers that you are currently yeah. generating. So I think that's the value proposition we bring. So it's the financing, is the deployment, and the operation and maintenance. Yeah, interesting. So you mentioned financing. I want to, I want to ask you about that uh, specifically. You know, you, you're part of a, a larger conglomerate, um, and I'm wondering, are you looking to uh, domestic commercial banks in Zimbabwe and Kenya or in South Africa to help support the financing, or is that financing coming for, off of your balance sheet? Uh, I asked the question because I'm just wondering, as this market's starting to emerge, what are the financing options that are available for uh, this types of, of microgrids for CNI? So um, we've got two models. We've got a development company that goes out to develop these projects, and we've got what we call an asset company that basically looks after the assets for the next 15 years. So in the asset company, we work with a lot of DFIs, development of financial institutions. We're also working with pension funds, both locally and obviously globally. Our desire here is you hold an asset for 15 years, so it's an annuity business. And because of the delta between the cost of energy, blended cost of energy, there is a significant uh, return that a DFI will make by investing in, a, in a, an energy asset. So we source our funding from local banks, mostly for the working capital requirements in the local markets that we're operating. But we're also working with the DFIs across the globe who have got a big appetite for clean energy investment and also obviously accessing some of the climate funds uh, opportunities out there. So we've got a much broader financing structure that incorporates local banks, 
pension funds in specific markets and also DFIs. Yeah. So, I mean, most of the conversation up to this point around energy poverty has, you know, rightly been focused on trying to electrify communities in rural Africa. This is clearly another huge opportunity that can be addressed by distributed renewables and uh, green mini grids. Um, I'm wondering, in in terms of a last question for you, Norman, what what are the barriers to to scaling this? I mean, you know, clearly the opportunity is massive, but I'm sure that you're coming up against a significant or not. Well, you tell me, is it significant or not? But are there are there is there resistance that you're facing in trying to uh, develop these projects? And if so, what is that resistance and what's needed to overcome it? So there is, there is resistance. A lot of it is, I think, just the fear of the unknown. First and foremost, you find corporates in Africa are not sure whether solar actually works and is able to power their own building until they actually physically see it. We've sent, taken them to one of our data centers, which is powering with a one megawatt plant. And that's when the, the scales fall off their eyes, when we are now telling them we can power the entire data center with a one megawatt plant and they can see it in action. So that's one of the problems. The second biggest constraint has been financing. The fact that, uh, you know, in the past we have been trying to ask the customer to actually make investment using their, in the, on their own balance sheet. That has not been a very easy sell. Uh, and until we actually brought up the component of we are now going to take off the financing from you, all you have to do is you give us your, your, your electric, electricity bills, allow us to come to do an energy audit and then we'll be able to present an, an offering for you, which basically, at best, I'm able to beat your current blended energy cost. What is a blended energy cost? Is your cost of grid plus generator. And in most of Africa, I'm able to come down 20% below their current blended energy cost. So this cycle has been a bit longer than what I would have wanted, although obviously it has been helpful that... Um, to us as a distributed energy business, that the corporate world is beginning to see that the technology works. I think one of the major constraints is obviously access to storage. Uh, storage is still a, 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 a contentious issue because its availability is troublesome because there's a big demand for lithium battery, whether it's for electric cars or whether it's for storage in Africa. But in most cases, you now actually need a complete off-grid. In the past, you could put in PV against for instance, grid, you make it a grid-tied solar system. But right now, that's becoming a bit of a challenge. So you almost need to have PV and put in commensurate storage. Now, we have ordered Tesla power walls that we are deploying in some of our markets, and we've just reached out to Tesla for power packs, which they've also uh, agreed to provide us, which now allows us to actually build a completely uh, ring-fenced off-grid system that can work with solar and storage. So that has been part of the challenges we have faced in the, in, in the continent. But I think uh, we said you never waste away a good crisis. So we are in a crisis in a number of the markets, whether it's Zimbabwe, Zambia, even South Africa, and we're not wasting that crisis away because we are now beginning to offer very viable alternative solutions. Well, it, clearly it's exciting times uh, for the commercial and industrial sector, uh, off-grid or grid-tied in, in, in sub-Saharan Africa, Norman. So thank you for making time to talk with us uh, for our Power for All podcast. For the listeners, if you want to learn more about Norman and his company, go to dpaafrica.com. 
and also his book, Rumble in the Jungle, Leadership from an African Perspective is available on Amazon. So if you want to learn how to do business in Africa the right way, now you know how. So thanks again, Norman, for joining us. Thank you, William.